here want to say. Welcome to Woman Unplugged, a podcast of encouragement for today. Let's talk about the everyday matters of life, womanhood, motherhood, marriage, friendship, and more. We're all new to this thing called life. We've never done it before. Tune in to this podcast and be encouraged, inspired, restored, find new joy and purpose as you grow into the woman you are called to be. Let's go. Hey everyone, this is Rosalie Elliott. Welcome to a very special episode of Woman Unplugged. Episode number two was about resting in peace and facing death. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend that you do. This episode is a sequel, if you will, but this time I had the honor to interview two very special people, Mr. and Mrs. Friend, dear friends of mine, literally, and that's also their name, Rodney and Carol Friend. They are a power couple that have been all around the world doing missions work, helping other people, and uh, they really have been awesome role models in my life. But they too have had quite a journey. They have quite a story where they have had to deal with a lot of pain and loss. And uh, as a matter of fact, Rodney was diagnosed with cancer many years ago, about eight to nine years ago. And over the years, God has continually healed him and restored him and given him the strength to go on and to to keep on trucking, as they would say to me. But uh, recently, he got another diagnosis that was a big shocker and basically put a significant uh, time frame on what doctors deemed would be the time that he has left. And so, because we've been talking about death and facing death, I felt like it would be a perfect opportunity to interview someone who has experienced what it means to face death, who knows what it entails, not only when you lose someone in your family, but now yourself dealing with and having to face death and being given a limited time to live unless God miraculously heals. And so I had the honor to interview the two and I wanted to share that interview with you. So I hope that you enjoy it. Stay tuned and just let what they're saying sink into your heart. And hopefully it speaks to you, encourages you, just like it did me. Okay. Yeah, death, scientifically, I guess, would be defined as the cessation of biological life. Right. Where we stop breathing, our heart stops, and we are no longer a viable biological being. But I don't think of death necessarily is that's part but that's not the whole death death is a is a transitional time in life that has come upon us because we failed God in the person of Adam and Eve our representatives and of course that was part of the the curse that came upon all of us plants animals humans But that is the definition of death, where life stops. Right. But when I think think of death, I think of um, going to a different location. Okay. I'm I'm not really ever lose my existence. Uh Uh-huh. I'm alive. You may not see me. 
um, if I'm dead, but I'm, I never stop living. Um, my soul never stopped living. My body did, but we're, we're soulless, we're spiritual part of us as well, as you know. And that doesn't cease just because my heart doesn't want to beat anymore, or I don't breathe air. So I look at it more as a change of location. I'm, I'm changing from where I've known this earthly existence to where I don't know, but I've heard about. I want to go there. I plan to go there. Yeah. And, but, the, but it's still not just a location. It's a change of location to be with a different person, primarily. Here I'm with my family, I'm with my friends, I'm with my wife. Yeah. But when I go to eternity, there may be some of them there that have preceded me as well. But primarily, I'm changing to a position where I'm with the Lord Jesus. And that requires me to change location. For example, if I wanted to go see you, I have to leave Michigan, I have to go to Georgia. Why? Mm. You're not in Michigan. Uh-huh. And to do that, I would have to get up and move somehow. Right. Death is just, it's as if I'm in two rooms. This is this room is this life. And I know that Jesus is in the room next to me. And we've been communicating all through my life. But he's like called me and said, hey, Rodney, come over here. I want to see you face to face. Wow, that's a beautiful picture. And when I, but to get there, I, there is a door I have to go through to leave this room to get to that room where he is. And to me, that's what death is. Death is just passing through a doorway that takes me into a newer relationship with Jesus. He's still my Lord, but I, I'm with him face to face, where I can't be right now. I can talk to him through the Spirit, I can talk to him through prayer, like I'm talking to you now, but I can't. I can't um, face to face talk to you, right. unless I'm where you are. And death is, uh, to me, is that getting up and walking through the door wow. to go to be where um Jesus, I don't stop living. I just change rooms. Right. That's a beautiful picture. I don't think I've ever directly thought of it like that. And I feel like if many of us grasped that, um, then it would be easier to face. Mm-hmm. There's nothing painful about walking through a door into another room. There's nothing scary about it if I know who's on the other side waiting for me. Wow. And um, someone who's waiting to see me as much as I've been wanting to see him, it's just, it takes the sting out of death, the Bible says. It takes the fear out of it, the pain. I'm, of course, the sad part of death for all of us is we leave the relationships we've known in this room. Right. But, um, I still love them. I'm still... We, we always, it's as if we, I traveled to Germany. My family in America, I don't see, mm -hmm. but our relationship still remains the same. But um, there, 
it's a, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm babbling on, but they, that's what death is to me. So that's why I don't, I don't fear, fear what I, because I know what's on the other side of the door. That's so beautiful. It's, it's Jesus. Amen. Why wouldn't I? Right. Why wouldn't you want to? That's true. Now, if it's okay for me to, to mention, you've had a long journey with um, different health um, concerns and different yes. diagnoses and different yes. verdicts, if you will, that were spoken over you by doctors. And yet God always has had a, a different plan and he's sustained your life over all the years. And in that sense, if, if it's okay to say, I suppose one could say, you had to literally face death by being told yes. this might happen or this is how long you have or this is your health. How has that, how has that affected how you live? Well, you first go through a shock. I mean, I've had cancer for eight, nine, ten years. I knew eventually it's a malignancy, meaning eventually if it takes its course, I will die from it, unless God changes. So I knew that years ago. But um, to be told, you know, it's it's closer, we've come to the end of the journey, we've come as far as medicine can take you. And um, now it's up to up to the Lord. It's always been up, it's to, always the been up mm. to the Lord. But, um, yeah, at first it's a shock, because I wasn't expecting um, to have uh, a such a close ending. Mm-hmm. Although it's, I say that, but yet I've always tried to live every day with the belief that this could be my last day anyway. Mm. And I want to make it the worst. I mean, the best for the Lord, not do something um, or fail Him in some way. And that's why I say I have no regrets. If you live every day as if it's your last day. And you want to make it the best for the Lord. Some, yes, we fail, we're human. But he, at the end of the day, I just say, Lord, before I go to sleep, I wanted to do this for you today, but I didn't get it accomplished. But forgive me if I failed your plan for me today by not getting it done. But help me to live tomorrow, if you should give me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I just... I think the problem is we don't tend to live that way Hmm. uh, on a day-to-day basis. Of course, we have to make long-range goals, have to make plans. Well, what am I going to do when I get out of school? What am I going to do next year with my job and things like that? But it still comes down to, did I accomplish God's plan for this day for me? And if I can lay my head down on my pillow at night and feel, with God's help, I did the best I could to accomplish His plan. And I'm at peace with Him. Yeah. Uh, then I'm, then we shouldn't have any regrets, mm-hmm. really, at the end of the day, when we face death. We yeah. just get up and go to the door, say, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. that's so good and now this question is also for for carol for both of you of course but also specifically for carol carol as as the wife of someone who has had to face uh, many health concerns um how have you how have you dealt with it how have you found comfort 
living a life where you don't know how long will you be together and you've even lost many other family members and grief is real and even in my podcast I mentioned that it's important to grieve you know we have that hope because of Jesus but it's okay to grieve it, it hurts um how how do you deal with those circumstances in your life as as the wife and as such an amazing power couple that you are with such a strong marriage and so exemplary to me and to many how do you feel Well, when we first heard the news, it was a, a shock. I mean, we have we've known ever since he first had the cancer that this could be a could shorten his life, but we didn't know how short it would make it. And even so, you know, we just kept on working, kept on going, full steam for the Lord, the best that we could, wherever He placed us in Germany or uh, back in the states in South Dakota, we pastored, and then and then back in. Uh, up here in Michigan and then to Africa and then now here again God has done amazing things and I even had someone say to me one time um, to say to Rodney well they said to me about Rodney they said how many more times is God going to heal him I said until God's done with him I guess you know and that's really the answer so but when we first heard this news this time when they said uh, the doctor said well I think you have two to four months to live um, it was a shock, and it was a, a real, um, well, shock, I guess is the best word for it. And, and we both grieved. We both, um, we would hold each other sometimes in bed at night and just cry and grieve the loss. And I told Rodney, I said, at least I'm grateful for this, to know this in advance because it helps me to prepare and, and it's good that I have him with me to help me grieve through some of this before the time comes when he won't be with me to grieve and I have to grieve alone. But you know, God prepares us in advance for what we need. And I believe he'll take care of me. I'm not worried about that. Honestly, I think he's getting better. <laughs> he preached Sunday and God is doing amazing yeah. things. Yeah. I, I still... I. I'm trying not to be in denial, but yet I do still believe in uh, miraculous healing and believe God yes. can still pull this out. You yes. know, it wasn't too late for Job, and, and God can sure do the same for Rodney. And so I'm praying for his total healing, for my, mainly for his eyes to be healed so that he can see to do the work that he has to do here. The church here loves us, and they treat us very well. So we're still praying for healing as long as he's breathing. We're going to continue to believe God for a total healing. But, you know, if the time comes when he has to go through the door, like he said, and God calls him home, then I'll be okay with that too. Because this life is so short. Even if you live to be in, a, in your 80s or 90s, what is 80 or 90 compared to eternity? Yeah. All eternity that was before you were born, and then all of eternity that's after you die. Yeah. Add all that up, look at your life, it's just a vapor. As the Bible clearly tells us that our yeah. life is just a vapor, and it soon passes. But um, it's just a staging ground, I think, for eternity. Yeah. I don't believe, our life is not what we're supposed to right. uh, focus on as much as, as, as eternity. Right. Do you think it makes news like that, though, Rosie, it does make you focus? You, have to, you do have to start asking, you know, up to this point, most of us, Ask or talk to ourselves like this. What do I want to accomplish right. in life? Right. But once you get news like that, the question immediately turns to, 
what do I want to do with what time I have left? Uh huh. And it's a different focus. And therefore, things become more uh, urgent. I don't, I don't know the word. Yeah. It's more intense. Um, and not as routine. It shakes you somewhat. I have maybe a little bit of complacency that you had. Yes. And say, um, listen, I've done, I want to see this done for the Lord in the next two months. And I'm going to focus on that. And I'm not going to worry about some of this other stuff that's mm-hmm. meaningless, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, so it does, that kind of news, it didn't scare me. I'm not afraid to die or anything like that because I want to go through the door. Of course, I want to stay with my family, too. Right. But I wouldn't be afraid to go through the door as well. Right. Right. And, um, but, uh, I, but it makes you use, I think it focuses time management. Oh, yeah, that's well said. Uh, this, I only have so many hours in a day. Am I going to waste them or am I going to try to, with God's help, do this or that? That's it makes well you said. evaluate what's important and what's not sure. so important. Right, life. prioritize. You know, yes, is this really important to do today, or is this something that could be handled down the road? Right, right. Or forgotten about. It really, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, what's it matter? It's very not true. things are important right. to be entertained and relaxed. Right, of course. Is that what I want to use the most important hours Doing, or do I want the I have two more uh, questions, if that's all right, for both of you. They're both more on the theological end, and one of them is that scripture, because you you know have been married for a long time, and like I said before, you're a strong couple that is an example to many um, people, single or married. When we think of, of death and we look at scripture, I feel like this scripture has caused me and probably many others questions when it's uh, when uh, Jesus talks about there being no marriage or being married in heaven and as someone newly married and someone that's experiencing that love and is pray- hoping praying that God grants us many years together I've had theological questions about that what does that mean what do you think it means when it comes to relationships marriage on earth and then in heaven does that mean we won't recognize each other anymore what, what do you think or what, how have you interpreted that scripture I think we'll recognize each other. The Bible does say we'll be known there as we're known here. And um, what I think it primarily means is the relationships meaning won't be the same to us as it is here. Mm -hmm. um, We're married here in this life to have a partner, to have a family, to have uh, someone who be your helper in life. And over there, the Bible says, you know, the church or the bride, we are the bride of Christ. In some ways, he will be our spouse, if you want to look at it that way. We still love, I still love Carol. She's there. But our primary love, as it should be even in this earth, mm-hmm. should be the Lord. Not our we love Jesus first, our spouse second. And that, therefore, won't change in heaven. It's just that we'll 
my wife help in the same way as I do now because the Lord will be there. Mm -hmm. We'll still have a relationship, but um, it, how do we know? We don't know what that's going to be like because none of us have ever been to heaven to experience that. Stuff. Right. But I just think the relationship will be somehow different. It'll still be meaningful, maybe. Mm -hmm. I assume it will be. Um, but we won't need marriage as we need it on earth. That makes It'll sense. It'll be somehow different. And still precious, I think, but uh, Jesus will be totally, will be absorbed with Jesus. Yeah. He'll be right there in front of us. Your focus is going to be on Him and worshiping Him forever. And um, I don't know what all that means. I don't know. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you can't take a walk down the street to go with your right. former spouse, uh, probably. But, I mean, I think we'll know that we were married. Mm -hmm. I think we'll know that we had a special relationship God gave us. But it won't mean to us the same. Right. As it does now. Jesus will be everything to us there. Primarily everything mm -hmm. to us. What do you That's mean? what I was going to say. Same. Mm -hmm. Similar. I don't, I don't really know how else to ex right. express it. But he just right. expressed because our life there is going to be so much different. I mean, the Bible says it hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God has mm. in store for those that love Him. Uh, so, I mean, we can't even imagine really what heaven's going to be like. We read about the streets of gold and the gates of pearl and the beautiful uh, walls of jasper and all of that, but even that is not even a glimpse of what really is going to be and what we'll be doing because I believe God will have a job for us to do there I don't think we're just going to float around on a harp on a <laughs> cloud and play a harp <laughs> or, or float on a harp and play I a cloud I can't even float in the swimming pool <laughs> yeah, he, he always sings you um, too still so got I'm the sure that, 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 that God will have a work for us to do and it will be meaningful yeah. it will be something we'll be you know, here work is a drudgery because it's part of the curse of uh, that, that was placed on mankind. Mm -hmm. You know, man would work by the sweat of his brow, the Bible says, and this was part of the curse. Mm -hmm. And then women would have pain in childbirth. I mean, right. we know that's true. Right? <laughs> but, uh, Carol, you cracked me. Gonna be, uh, I believe we'll work, but, but it won't be by the sweat of your brow. We'll enjoy it. It'll be something we love and as we worship our God. Right. I think we're happy together yeah. to yeah. worship God together. To see Jesus and be together right. and worship Him forever. I, that's what I think. Right. And that the joy of being with Jesus will take the precedent in our life somehow. But, yeah. That's um, that's well said. And and I guess there's many things we like you said before won't fully know till we get there because for one we haven't been there. Um, and because, like you said, Carol, um, Scripture says, you know, it hasn't entered into the heart of the mind of man. We don't know. But what I'm, I'm learning more and more, or I'm trying to learn, is that I can rest and be reassured that it's, it's going to be epic. <laughs> and that, the, yeah, like you said, yeah. the most amazing is that Jesus will be there and it won't be a poor reflection anymore, like 1 Corinthians um, says, exactly. but it will be face to face. And so last question, speaking of heaven, what would you say, and again, this is for both of you, to someone who um, struggles with the idea of heaven and hell? I touched a, lit, a little bit on that in my podcast. But 
what would you say? What would your encouragement be to anyone that has questions about that? Well, I believe both exist mm -hmm. because Jesus talked about both, and I don't believe he lied to us. If anyone knows whether hell exists, Jesus is the one that knows. He created it. It was originally created not for man, but for the rebellious angels. But sadly, man rebelled too. Um, if heaven is eternal, hell is too. Right. And it's, it's just, I think the existence of hell should point us all to how terrible an affront sin is to a holy God. So much so that they that sin will have to die. So much so that not only man must die, but God sent his own son to die. And not just a nice, easy death. I mean, he was tortured to death. Because sin is so terrible to God. But Jesus, of course, took the brunt of hell, the pain of hell, so we would never have to take it ourselves if we have confidence and belief in what he did on the cross. But I, God, it's part of God's justice. God would not be a just God if he did not punish uh, sin. I don't know why it's such an affront to him because we're all born and become sinners. Sin isn't as terrible a thing to us. It's just, oh yeah, you know, that's the way we are. Mm -hmm. You lie a little bit, you cheat a little bit, you um, disobey. But to God, it's a terrible thing. So much so that hell exists. And therefore, the existence of hell should remind me I must hate sin. Mm -hmm. I must be dead to it. Because this is not a game with God. And, you know, I've had some say, well, why does God punish you forever? You have to remember this. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Not one soul. We go, every man goes to hell because they've rejected God's mm -hmm. escape. That's our decision. That wasn't God's. God made a way so that we could all escape it. Escape. Because of Christ. But then in our rebellion, we, we say, I don't want your way, God. Go away and leave me alone. And hell is just God finally saying, That's what you want. That's what you want me to leave you alone. Then you can have it. Mm -hmm. I'll leave you alone. The biggest torture in hell will not really be the flames. But will be the eternal separation from mm. God. Absolutely. Yeah. The one who loves us more than anyone. That's yeah. why Jesus cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the only time in all of all of all of existence that he was separated from the Father. Because mm -hmm. from the beginning of time, before we ever were here, uh, they created the earth. Mm -hmm. You know, you read in Genesis that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all work together in unity to create the earth. And you know how it goes forward. And Jesus was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. Mm -hmm. So all that time, he had complete communion with God. And at that moment, God turned his back 
so to speak, on Jesus when he was on the cross and he cried out, why have you forsaken? He knew why God had forsaken him. But yet he still was just a, a horrendous tragedy to him. Um, I believe that's why he cried out like that. But he cried out like that so that we would never have to cry out like that mm. if we would accept his plan of salvation for us. Mm. And then we don't have to cry out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus already had paid the price for us. God gives us a choice. I think it's a fallacy when people say, why would God send someone to hell? God has made a way so we don't have to yeah. go to hell. In fact, the Bible clearly says, God desires no man to perish. Yeah. That all would come to repentance. But that all would repent and accept his way yeah. of escape. But man, in the hardness of our hearts, sometimes say, no, I don't want your way, God. And it's because man is that way, and the, the angels that rebelled against God are that way, mm -hmm. that hell exists. Because God must be a just and a holy right, God. Right, That's so But his good. love is equal and provides a way for us. That's the tragedy. No man has to go there. Hell could be empty. Yeah. That's so good. That's so well said. Thank you so much, both of you, for opening up and sharing. Even in this season that you're in where... Like we said before, you literally had to face death and certain things are uncertain. It's really powerful to see your faith and your certainty in a season that the world would deem uncertain. And that's really, that's really powerful and really encouraging. I'm really thankful for your time and for sharing. Thank you for contacting us, It's been really good to see you. Thank you so much, friends, for tuning in and listening to this interview. I hope that you enjoyed it and that it encouraged and inspired you. Feel free to leave a review and share this with your friends and loved ones. Hope you have a blessed day. This is Rosalie Elliott with Woman Unplugged.